Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Before I jump right into the word, how many of you were part of the joy of giving on yesterday? Let me see. Amen. Great. That's good. That's good. Uh, it was it was wonderful. And, you know, this is all a part of what God wants us to do as Christians is that we need to express his love uh, to others. And I tell you what, um, when I think about it, uh, I know it's it's what Greg envisioned. I mean, every, everything living grows. You all know he always said that everything living grows and in particular, we know that his desire always was to touch people, and especially children, especially children he wanted to touch. And uh, he said, we can't help everybody, but we most certainly can help somebody. Amen. So that's always been our goal here at Revealing Truth Ministries, is to express the love of God in any way that we can, and especially when it comes to children. And uh, you all know a lot of his saying concerning old, old people, you can't raise grown people and you can't tell them what to do. But uh, <laughs> he said, but we can start with the children. So thank you very much, Revealing Truth Ministries, for all that you did to participate, all the volunteers, the monies that you sowed to also help help to bring this, bring this to pass. And, uh, and of course, uh, all of the other uh, entities and uh, organizations that helped to support what my husband had a vision for. Amen. 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 And thank you, Thaddeus, for picking that up and running with it. We appreciate it. Let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 1. And uh, what I'm talking about today is for God so loved. For God so loved. We're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to uh, read this out of the King James Version. When I was a little girl, first grade as a matter of fact, this I had to learn for a Christmas uh, celebration that we were doing, the first 12, first 10 verses of Luke chapter 2. At the time, I had no idea what it meant, but I thank God that I can understand exactly what it means today and have the ability to share with other people concerning Jesus and his love. Amen. So in uh, Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
So the angels start to declare Jesus' purpose in the earth, and they said that we're bringing you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. He said there's a joyous thing that has just taken place, and it is for all people. It's not just for a select group, but all people, all all natures, all cultures. He said this great joy, tidings of great joy, has just been born into the earth, and it's for every man. And it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Man, it is good news to know that Jesus Christ was born into the world. It is good news. It was something that was spoken of in, in um, probably in shadows. That's what we'll say, probably in shadows in the Old Testament. But now it is. Here he is, the savior of the world. And I want to express that he's the savior of the world because Jesus didn't come just for religious people or just for Christians. Jesus came for every man. Every man born into the earth, Jesus died for. He came for. So it is wonderful to celebrate Christmas. The fact that Jesus Christ was born into this earth for all men to have a relationship with God. So I get excited at Christmas time. I'm so excited at Christmas time. I'm just like, you know what? Jesus came for me. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't forget about me. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't come just for Jewish people. I'm glad that Jesus came for Deborah Pope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So at this time of the year, again, especially this time of the year, we should be saying Merry Christmas so that people will not forget what we're celebrating. You know, uh, I had a, a manager once who was a Christian, and uh, he came down to visit. Sometimes he'd visit the local offices, and he came down and he heard one of the people in our customer service say, Happy Holidays. He almost went ballistic. He came in, he said, When you answer these phones, understand what this year is all about. It is about Jesus Christ. And when you pick up this phone, don't say happy holidays. He said, that's what heathens say because they don't know the purpose of the celebration. He said, so when you pick up this phone, you say Merry Christmas. And I'm just saying, you know, you can get in the habit and adapt so easily the culture and what the world says. But we are to be saying Merry Christmas. Glory to God, because that's why Jesus came into the world. It's, 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 it's for uh, all mankind, and we don't want to ever lose the focus of why he came. Let's look at John, John chapter 14 and verse 27. Did I finish reading all I wanted to read in Luke? Let me move back. Let me go back again. Let's see here, because... Oh, yeah, I know Pastor Poe used to do this all the time. He'd take a moment, make sure that he covered everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to exercise him a little bit here because I, so, I get so excited and caught up with where we're going sometimes. It's like, okay, you got to connect the dots, amen? Uh, let's go to 
Yes, let's go back to Luke chapter 2. I'm sure they can flip back quickly. All right, so let's go back up to uh, verse 6. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of, uh, city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find him, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So when I, I like to look at the uh, Bible and have an imagination of what's actually going on, can you picture in your mind an angel shows up, First to tell them what is happening. Then the Bible says a multitude. He didn't say a few. He said a multitude of angels showed up praising God and saying. They were saying something. What did they say? They said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All men, you know what he was talking about? He's talking about now that Jesus has come into this earth, he has, he's, he's here because he's going to make amends between man and God. He's going to fix the gap between man and God. So they said glory to God because now that Jesus has arrived, he's going to fix the gap between God and man, and now God and man can have peace between each other. See, because in actuality, when Jesus came, Jesus came and he made a covenant with God. He made a covenant with God that I will go down and I will die for sinful man so I can pay the penalty for all men. So now men have access to you. Now men can approach me. Now I have forgiven them through your blood and there's nothing between us and God. Do you know how good it is to not to have things between us and God? Remember, I tell you all the time, God's not mad at you. He's not even slightly irritated with you because of Jesus Christ, because of the blood of Jesus. So they were just singing, oh, my goodness, the animosity between man and God has now been destroyed because Jesus has showed up in the earth. And now man can have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Because, you know, in the Old, in the old Testament and the old writings and with the old patriots, you know, God, he spoke through few men face to face and talked to them. The Holy Ghost, he said, rested on people, uh, not everybody, but some people. That's why people had to go to the priest. But aren't you glad that now, since Jesus has come, you can wake up, be anywhere in the world and have a conversation with God? You can talk to Jesus on your own. You don't, need to, you don't even need your own favorite prayer partner. You don't. You just need yourself, your mouth, and God. 
Hallelujah. So he said, because God, because Jesus has torn down the walls, anything that would have kept us from approaching God. This is, listen, this has nothing to do with your behavior. This is an agreement between God and Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Tell somebody, stop laboring. Stop laboring, trying to figure out how you can get to God. Jesus has already paved the way for all that belief. So they were declaring, finally, no more animosity between God and man. What a reason to celebrate Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this peace, this peace progresses on because he says, then I'm going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He said, I'll give you a peace. He said, once you recognize that there's between, peace between yourself and God, he says, now Jesus is going to give you another kind of peace. Let's look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 27. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus said right before he went to the cross. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a peace that the world don't know anything about. He said, the world sees peace as everything is going smooth, everything is okay, there's no ruffles in my life. But he says that in this world, that's what John chapter 16, verse 33 says. He said, in this world, you're going to suffer some persecution. In this world, people are going to come after you. In this world, everything's not going to happen as you want it to happen. He said, but be of good cheer. That's what Jesus said. He said, have peace, be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world for you. The Amplified said, I've deprived it of its power to hurt you. So don't be concerned about that, because I'm going to give you a peace and a rest. And that peace and rest comes from, I've already taken care of you. I'm going I'm to keep my word to you. Paul talked about, he says, you know what? The, the gifts of God, the favor of God, he says the blessings of God are given without repentance. But he also says that um, according to his word, he talks about the fact that Jesus is going to work things out for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of how many? All, All of them. May it, take, it may take a little faith and patience there, but he says, I'm going to keep my promise because all my promises are yes and amen. amen. So be it. That's what it means. Yes, so be it. So Jesus said, I, when you come into the knowledge of knowing there's nothing between us, Nothing between God and man. He said, also understands that I'm going to bring you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 17. We'll look at this in the Amplified Translation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 17. And I'm saying this to you because, listen, during the holidays can be some of the most challenging days ever. You could be going along and everything could be going well with you, but somebody else is aggravated, irritated, 
you know, they, they, they make it, what they try you, test you, push your buttons, do whatever, whatever it is. You understand what I'm saying. But we got to make sure of who we are and that we remain at joy and at peace. Uh, as I was going to the joy of giving yesterday, I was trying to merge into traffic. Man, this lady raised her fist. I mean, she was like, you, you better not get in front of me. How dare you? I got this, this, this carload of kids, and I, I guess she thought she wasn't going to get a toy, or they weren't going to get a toy. I'm like, ma'am, you can have the whole road. I mean, I promise you. I promise you, you can go first. I don't really care. Let me just give you plenty of space. But I could have just been as aggravated as she was. I got the right away. Why don't you move? But see, I'm just saying this peace, you don't have to get back with people. You don't have to, you don't, you know, the Bible says vengeance is mine, I will repay. You can be just as happy and content. Hallelujah. That's, see, that's the kind of peace that comes. That's why the angel was so excited. You know, isn't that good? Peace on earth. You don't have to be mad at folks. You don't have to cuss people out. You don't have to get them straight. You don't have to read their mail. You don't have to do any of that. None of it. God has called us to a place of peace. Whew, I'm telling you, just knowing that God cares, just knowing that God cares, Hallelujah. Not only do God care, but God will do something about your situation. I think believers got the God cares and, and, you know, not meaning to be ugly anything. You know, we like to say God is able. And most of the time when people say that is because they saying, please, God, please do it for me. Please do it for me. You know, God, you know, you know, God is God is able. I'm like. Ooh, yeah, he is able, but do you believe he'll do it for you? That becomes a question. Do you believe he will do it for you? And that's got to be the place where we understand the reason God lets us know he's able is because he will do it. Not just so you can say he is able. No, he's letting you know I'm able. I have the ability to do it. Don't I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't promise you. I wouldn't promise you nothing that I am not going to do. Not just able. Look at somebody say, he's, he, he goes beyond able. He will do. We need to adopt that language. He will do. <laughs> oh, my God. God is so, he is so good. Ooh, so good to us. Mm, I'm so grateful to him. I am so, it's okay. Remember, Pastor Poe didn't like us, he kept telling us that we needed to bring our Bibles and turn it, and he used to talk to us about the fact that we looking on our iPads, and, and uh, you need, he need to hear the pages turn, and I remember the lights went out, and I said, guess what? My iPad is still lit up. I can still read the word. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, what did Pastor Brian say? He said, he said that when you have paper, See, I do both of them. You can tell that you're in the worry because of how it looks. He said, when you have an iPad, it depends on how much power you got left. <laughs> if your power is low, that means you're in the word. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get up here and get it out fast because I'm like, ooh, my power low. <laughs> 
But Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. We're going to look at this in the Amplified. In the Amplified. It's good to have fun, isn't it? Ooh, hallelujah. Verse 17 in the Amplified, it says, And he came and preached the glad tidings of peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near. So he's talking about Jesus came and preached to us good news for those who are far and those who were near. He was speaking of uh, afar are Gentiles, those who were not born into the Jewish culture. He said, then I preached it to the Jewish people also. You know, I love how God made the playing field just same for everybody. In the book of Romans, he tells us about um, the Jewish people. He said, I gave you the law and you weren't able to keep it. And he said, Gentiles, you can't be, you know, pat yourself on the back because inside of you, you knew inherently not to do what was wrong. He said, so everybody has offended me. Look at somebody say, everybody, everybody. Offended, God. offended God. So that's why everybody, everybody. needs Jesus. <laughs> everybody needs Jesus. Verse 17, and he came and preached the glad tidings of peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. And let's go down to, let's see. Uh, as y'all say, get it together, Pastor Deborah. I just, uh, okay. I keep trying to skip stuff and I just don't need to skip it. He says in verse 18, for it is through him that we both, whether far off or near, now have an introduction accessed by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach him. He says, therefore, you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, aliens, excluded from the rights of citizens. But you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated and set apart for himself. And you belong to God's own household. When we get born again, he said, you are born, he said, you are part of my household. I mean, you're part of the family of God. We have the same rights and privileges. Don't ever think that because a person carries a title that they have more access to God than you do. He said, we're all a part of the household of God. I don't know about in your household, but in our household, everybody gets to go to the refrigerator and get whatever they want out of the refrigerator. And see, that's the way God says, he said, when you're in the household, everybody has a right to approach me. Everybody has access to me. Everybody can, you know what, and you can go to the refrigerator and you can get one apple or two apples. It's up to you what you get out of it. So God says, you have access to me. And because you don't have to work for this, you don't have to earn any of this. He said, therefore, you can come and partake no matter who you are, as long as you're in the household of God. So we got to stop trying to, trying to earn one more apple. He said, you have access to everything that's in the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You know, I'm so glad God is opening up scriptures to us and helping us to understand. Because when I got born again, I heard this phrase, you got to work out your own soul salvation. And I kept saying, how much do I have to do before I'm all the way saved? 
I mean, did you all ever have the, okay, I came to church, uh, I prayed, uh, I fasted, and I was hungry through the whole thing, and I didn't really pray because I kept thinking about the next meal and when I was going to get it, and I've tried to do everything. Every, so when, when am I going to get in the real good graces of God? Understand that when you, become, when you came into the household of God, everything was made available to you. Absolutely everything was made available to you. You have freedom. He says you have access to my abilities. You have access to my power. You have access to my grace and my favor. You have access to peace. You have access to everything that I have. Jesus said, you know what? You are my brothers and you're my sisters in Christ. And he said, and I will tell my brothers and sisters in Christ about God, about his goodness. And that's what we're supposed to be doing as believers. We're supposed to be telling people about the goodness of God. Hallelujah. The goodness of God. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Reading this again out of the Amplified, it says, But God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Understand, God is trying to satisfy his intense love towards us. God said, I have this, this intense wonderful love that I want to share with you. He said, I need to satisfy that love that I have for you. See, people think, man, I got I to gotta do this for God to love me. He says, no, no, no. I already got this love thing going on with you. I already love you so much that I am trying my best to satisfy my love, my intenseness of love. So again, he says, but God's so rich in, rich is he in mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Let's skip down to verse seven. He says he did this. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. God said, my love is so strong for you. My love is so strong for men. It's so strong for you. He says, I, I have this intense love bottled up on the inside of me that I want to express to you. He said, this love can't be measured. He said, this love is limitless. This love is surpassing. He said, this love never runs out. He says, this love, you don't have to earn. You don't have to do anything for it because I love you even before the foundation of the world. He said, this, he said, this love is bottled up on the inside of me and I'm seeking to express this love towards you. I'm seeking to express my favor towards you. I'm seeking to do this without looking at your behavior. 
Savior. I am so in love with you. I made a decision to forgive you before you ever got here. I made a decision to forgive you before you even sinned. So that when you sinned, it didn't matter to me because I'd already forgiven you for that sin that you hadn't done. So I can continue to express my love towards you. It doesn't really matter. Oh, God is so good. There is no man that's going to forgive you for stuff you hadn't done yet. Because you know us. Now, wait a minute. You have just, you have tilted over. You've gone beyond. I just can't take it no more. You will never hear God say that. You'll never hear God say, I can't take it anymore. Because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is so good, so good. You know what? Jesus, he's not concerned about your behavior. Jesus is so sure of his love, and you're getting to know his love, that he believes his love will outweigh your bad. To the point he says, I'm, if you will allow me to, I will love you so much that it'll change your behavior. If you, if you let me in, I'm going to express a love towards you that you won't even want to do. Y'all know, my, y'all know my favorite example, right? You know when you think you love somebody. You so in love. How many of y'all ever been in love? See, some of y'all ain't ready. Y'all know. Y'all, y'all thought y'all was in love in first grade. Come on. You know you did. I'm so in love. And you start changing your behavior without anybody even saying anything. You start dropping friends that got in your way of this love, didn't you? Oh, you know you did, girl. I would go out with you, but uh, you stayed up late at night breathing on the phone, not even talking on the phone. Young men decided that they needed to spruce up a little bit. Wonder why you wearing your daddy's cologne. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you, when you think somebody love you and you nobody and, and you've been convinced of that love, nobody has to ask you to change your behavior. You'll just change it on your own. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I ain't worried about your behavior. behavior. Once you get a taste of my love, and it keeps coming, and it's surpassing, and it's limitless, oh, you'll stop doing a lot of stuff. Ain't nobody got to tell you to do nothing. So listen, don't be concerned about people's behavior. That's not your job. Tell them about the love of God. Express the love of God to them. Show them who God really is, and you will see a transformation taking place. Glory to God. Oh, I love, oh, you know, God's so good. Ah, I'm telling you, God's good. That's the only thing I can tell you is God is good, and he is trying to express this limitless love towards us. Have y'all ever had an itch and you couldn't get to it? You know, you're just trying, and then you you trying, and then you ask somebody to help you find, and they can't find the spot. No matter no, no matter how many directions you give, it's like over to the left, down, down just left, hold, uh, just stop. And this this is this is what my father used to do. He used to he used to go to a door edge, and he just so he could find. Listen, God's got an itch like that. God's got an itch like that for you. 
that he is trying to satisfy. No man can find it. No man can do it. He said, I got an itch. I got a love for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That needs to be satisfied. Somebody just say, satisfy me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I love God. I love God. I love God. He is so good to me. So good to me. Let's look at John 3.16. John 3.16. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll look at this in the King James. John chapter 3.16. We learned this when we were little kids. Had no idea the power behind it. None whatsoever. But thank God. We know now. We can teach our children better because of what we know. It says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And where that is good, and let me just let you just throw this in here. Y'all know everlasting life comes the day you get born again because he's talking about a relationship with him. Verse 17, he said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So God is not out trying to get you. God's not going around counting up stuff, but instead he says, I want to accept you. I want to embrace you. I want to express my love towards you. And he says, everyone who believes, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, he said, you have that opportunity to be embraced by me. You have that opportunity to be accepted into the beloved, into the family of God. And God is asking man every day. Jesus is appealing to people through us every day to get to know me. Our declaration should not be walking up to somebody saying, are you saved? Do you know most of the world don't know what you're talking about when you say saved? You know what that next question is? Saved from what? But how about asking them, do you have a relationship with God? And then even after that, do you know that God loves you? And you won't be lying because he said, for God so loved the world. So it doesn't matter where they are in life. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what sin they're in. It doesn't matter. Not any of that matters. Only thing matters is we need to let the world know that God loves you. God loves you with an intenseness that he wants to express to you. And you don't have to fix up, get yourself together. They ain't no, they're not, not the best one in here is all together. But thank God Jesus is. And when God looks at us, he's looking through the eyes of Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. Remember I told you that we, when we get born again, we become mingled, co-mingled with Jesus. So God can't see the difference. So when he looks at us, he looks at us through Jesus. Oh, God is so good. Man, nobody could have come up with something like that but God. Nobody could have come up with that but God. He's not condemning us at all. He's not got a point system. But he wants us to know that he loves us so much. 
God desires to have a deep, close, and intimate relationship with every man. A deep, close, intimate relationship with every man. And as believers, we need to spread the news that God wants to be close and intimate with you. God wants to express his love towards you. I believe they did. <laughs> Praise God. I believe they did. I believe they did. Because mm. that's what the Holy Ghost does. He'll show you God. He'll show you God. If you want to, if you want to know him, he, he will lead you right to him. God says, I, I, I want to reveal myself to you. I want to show myself to you. And not only just show you that I'm God, but I want to express my love towards you. Oh, God, is, he's magnificent. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.